0: Not just any foundling, a specific foundling. And he says, Grogu. And I freaking, I lost it here. I was like, oh my gosh, he said Grogu. And he says, I want to see him. I want to make sure he's safe. And I just, I I couldn't handle it. I'm getting emotional right now. I've always
1: was curious to see what Din has been up to after Grogu left. Like, Grogu changed Din's life to the path of becoming a better person, right? It was kind of like a moral compass that drove him to serve a greater purpose. With Grogu being gone, you kind of feel like Din is falling back into his old habits, like that of bounty hunting mm-hmm. and then going back to the clan, trying to to fit back into this family when he when he did take off his helmet. And I think he just fell back into his comfort zone because he kind of lost purpose
0: in a way. What are you gonna do? Grogu basically made Din a father. Like all those things you said, I feel like happen to everybody when they become a father, when they become a mother. And then to have that ripped away from you. I'm sure off-screen Din's been very troubled emotional and trying to maybe cover up and just go back to what he knows, what he's done for his whole life. Right. Who's going to help him rule Mandalore as a foundling? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that Dave Filoni is directing episode six. And Dave Filoni is Clone Wars. Cad Bane, direct from Clone Wars, he popped up in the Bad Batch. Correct. So I think it would make all the sense in the world for Cad Bane to pop up. And he he is a, a bad, bad man. Hey, everybody. It's time for... <clears throat> The Boys' Mandalore podcast. We can't start this podcast, apparently, today. But we're here. We're going to break down the latest installment, the penultimate chapter, chapter six of the Book of Boba Fett.
1: Of the Book of uh, Grogu and Friends.
0: <laughs> chapter six, from the desert comes a stranger. Very westerny. Very fitting. And a stranger. And a stranger it was. Oh, stranger to Ooh. some.
1: Stranger to many, yes.
2: Not a stranger to me anymore. (laughs) Literally on that episode the night before. And I'm like, oh,
1: sweet. Dude, you have no idea how lit I was. Mm. Let's start from the top.
2: What's our rating here?
0: Yeah, so this episode was directed by... I mean, I know we said Bryce Dallas Howard was the GOAT, the greatest of all time. So I think that this man is our Lord and Savior, Mr. Dave Filoni, the hat. This episode is sitting at a 9.6 on IMDb. It was honestly probably one of the greatest almost hours of Star Wars I have ever witnessed in my life.
2: A lot of nostalgia, but I'm there for it. Like, shot for shot, like... I was kind of like, ah, they're giving me a little too much, but then I'm like, no, no, keep giving it to me. (laughs) I don't know how you guys felt about it.
1: I think about.
2: Bryce Dallas Happen?
1: I think she is a better director for live action. I think Filoni has some learning to do, but I think he's starting to narrow, like, hone it in for sure. But with the characters being on screen for this episode, damn right, he's going to take the helm because the way he flushed them out was perfect.
0: Yeah. There. Some of the characters are his babies from Clone Wars. Yeah.
1: It's like, yeah, I'm going to take this one.
0: Yep. Did and... he create Cab? Did he create that character? Or is that?
1: Yes, sir. I think so. That, like
0: literally he got to, he created Ahsoka. Interview. Yeah. Dave helmed Clone oh. Wars and really was the brainchild for Ahsoka, And I, I assume Cad being too. I believe so. I'm not
1: 100%. I mean, probably maybe somebody else on the board had a hand in that, but I mean.
0: Clone Wars is his baby. Yes, sir. So before we get to all that fun, fun business, the episode first opens up on the Sands of Tatooine where we see a group of pikes making a spice deal one of them says they're going to take the credits back to Mos Isley, And then, boom, right out of the gates, we get a sweet, familiar face. Mr. Cobb Vanth, feeling as Western as he ever did.
1: Do you know where you are, gentlemen?
0: Oh, my
2: gosh, yeah. His quotes are
1: unusual. He's sweet. I like his acting, and he's become a favorite of mine, for sure. He's awesome.
2: Yeah. The first time I saw him... This is shameful, but was in uh, that weird Drew Barrymore um, vampire show. What was it called? It was like there's a Drew Barrymore vampire show. <laughs> yes, it was on Netflix for like a stint, and I saw this his him as an actor on that, and I'm like, huh. oh, like he seems a pretty good actor, and I found out he was in a bunch of Western shows. I'm like this guy's mm-hmm. got some accolades. Like the show, the first show I saw him in, he was just doing some BS role, but. I've grown to love him because of like the Western feel of this show.
0: Yeah. He did that show justified and I only made it through, I think like one and a half of the seasons, but I really enjoyed what I saw. We just, for whatever reason, never picked it back up, but it again, the Western vibes. And I feel like he's a perfect fit for this character.
1: Well, even the weak way, the the alien that is the bartender is also the bartender in those those shows, the westerns that he's in. So they've been working together for a long time.
0: That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, like you said, Cobb asks if you know you know where you're at, and we get a good old standoff. Four pikes against one Cobb Vanth, minus his sweet Boba Fett armor. I mean, this is kind of cool. Cobb gives them the benefit of the doubt. He says, we're just going to chalk this up. You don't know where you are. If you guys leave, go away right now. One Pike's just a, an idiot and is like, oh, I'm going to turn around, grab my gun. And then Cobb freaking quick hand kills three of them. I think in like two shots.
1: Now, mark mark that because we see how efficient he can be,
0: right? Exactly. And he drops them pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, blast in three of them in, like, a second, he's, he's definitely really quick on the draw.
1: Then the last one tells him to think it through.
0: Yeah.
2: I love that quote. The way he delivers that, it's just, like, immediately, boom. I'm like, what a badass. Isn't he kind of like what Boba Fett is trying to be? The gunslinger with a moral background? Because mm-hmm. he gave them the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, I guess from that
2: perspective. Even though he knows what they're doing.
1: I mean, he is, um, for him living on Tatooine, his morality is pretty top-notch. For him to let that guy go, given given the, him the chest or telling him to leave that chest, not knowing exactly what was in it, but... With him carrying those stripes, and I think those stripes were still on the crest of Kara Dune when she was an officer. You can see those same stripes on on her badge. So it's kind of like an outer rim enforcement that kind of everybody pretty much ex, uh, respects, in that in that nature. But uh, he finds out that the the chest that he left. He's like, "Well, it's it's worth more than your town." He's like, "Well, maybe I will I will retire." Opens opens it up, and it's a whole chest full of spice, which is true. He can he can sell that, but his morality kicks the chest over and lets the the winds of Tatooine take it to uh, mesh with the sands.
0: Yeah, and he also sends that final Pike member back to the syndicate with a message saying, "If anybody gets caught running spice through Mos Pelgo." Basically, I'm going to kill them. Like, they'll be lost forever, I think is what he said. Yeah. Pretty cool opening scene. And then next thing we know, we see Din in his N1 Starfighter coming out of hyperspace on a pretty sweet looking planet.
1: We don't know the name of this. We don't know the name of this planet, do we? I don't. Because I don't think it's in the the sequel trilogy. I couldn't find anything on it. So I was just wondering if you did. No, nothing that I could see. Nothing greenland. I was firing.
2: actually wondering the same thing. Like, so this is the place where we see the flashback to the burning temple, right? This is where Kylo... Maybe. Yes. That's what it looks like. No, I...
1: it, it is. Is it for sure? And yeah. It... I'm pretty sure because I've seen the structural side-by-sides and the way um, where even Mando shows up with someone that we, the heart and soul of Star Wars, he shows up and corresponds with R2-D2, mm-hmm. lands his ship, and there was actually a really cool shot where you can see R2-D2, like, in the back of the Naboo N1 Starfighter, like, where he's supposed to be. And that shot was definitely on purpose because it was a really cool thing. But he leads him off and you can see these, these rocks start to flow float up in the air but we realize they're actually droids that are carrying these rocks into a specific place and there's tons of them and they seem to be building a structure which is I think Luke's Jedi temple that he's or his school that he's gonna or the academy that he's going to start building
0: when you see like that the shot of the school and you see like the hills in the background I immediately went to that thought of that has to be the same place from the sequel trilogy like Mm -hmm. obviously the landscape's going to be a little bit different. There's a ton of trees there right now. It didn't look like there were a lot of trees in the sequels, but I mean, it's a flashback and it's dark, right? Who knows? But one, yeah, it was, one cool it was thing raining. was when Din lands and he goes to R2 and he's like, Hey, I'm looking for Skywalker. He calls R2. He's like, Hey friend. And I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting because back in the very first episode of Mando, he like hated droids. Like, and it just shows his progression where he wouldn't even ride in a speeder that was like droid operated, if you remember. So kind of mm-hmm. cool. I mean, how do you not love R2-D2?
2: He's sassy as ever in this. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I've always loved about R2 is that he is sassy AF.
0: That's true. He's like, hey, will you uh, take me? And r 2s just like, nah, and powers right on down. Well, he first he gives a command to one of the little ant things to, to build
1: him a bench, which was... <laughs> which was awesome. Is that a bench? He's like, I got
2: you, (laughs) Brad. I got you. Just shut up and sit down.
1: (laughs) But yeah, um, I looked at side by side pictures of the structure and it, it's got that same archway and the same beam and almost similar, the same structure. The only thing that's missing in the sequels are the huts that are around it, which I think Ben Solo was in one of those. When Luke went to to murder him or whatever, His, his thoughts were, were to, to kill Ben and then things went down the way they did and then I've also heard that he Ben wasn't alone in the sacking of that temple it was also Snoke being involved and creating some kind of lightning to set that school ablaze
0: definitely seems like they're leaning in they're kind of they giving us some storylines to go through to the sequels patch this thing up
2: Parker. yeah exactly I was going to say Parker they're fixing the timeline
1: <laughs> well this is one of my main gripes about like luke's fall and the his mindset that he was in the sequel trilogy was right because we we know him how he is is now i mean we'll get to to what's going on but it's just he's just so depressed and all that hope's gone in the sequel trilogies I'm just what happened to luke what happened on the scale of Of like, I guess like it made it makes sense that his whole academy and all of his students got killed, but we never saw that. We never saw the extent of that. There was no buildup to the to this fall, and that's why it just felt such a a a cutoff from the character for me. And that's what really disappointed me about the way they they decided to handle it. Mm -hmm. And now with with Fabro, they're starting to see what they can do to for for this to make sense for his
0: behavior
1: to make sense.
0: Yeah. And it's a huge jump in time. So there's a lot of material they can play with.
1: I mean, it's 30 years, 30 some odd years from this point of the building of the temple and, and then it's destruction.
0: Yeah. So let's continue with the dialogue. Yeah. So Mando's like, all right, I guess I'll chill on this bench that these androids made for me and wait to see when I see Skywalker. And we cut to Grogu meditating on this planet with freaking Luke, and I was like blown away because I understand people had gripes with his appearance, like facial appearance in season two finale of the Mandalorian, but it didn't really bother me. But this was like far and away, just absolutely phenomenal, dude. So
1: so much better. And what was so, what's so awesome about this is that. The, the deep fake that the technology that they used is the guy that was, was using this deep fake technology to basically say, hey, we can do a better job with this technology. And you spent thousands of dollars doing doing this uh, another way and trying to build it from the ground up when we can use this platform and, and copy paste on an actor. And I did it in my kitchen. <laughs> so And he got a job at Lucasfilm out of it. He got the job, which is super cool. And it looks great. And of course, like you can see some of the the shots and how they prepared it. I mean, it's not 100%. But dude, the future of this technology is going to be fantastic for film in general, they can go back and make prequels from other movies and make, you know, do other movies with flashbacks, with with these actors reprising their roles. And just being a young, younger form of themselves. And I think it's super awesome. And it's just way in its infant stages. Yes. You can see like, like the T's and the S's, the mouth and stuff like that is just a little bit off with the, with the, um, the voiceover, but overall, dude, it didn't really distract me at all. I was distracted to say like, dude, this looks
0: really good. Yeah. Like this looks like Mark Hamill for sure. Think of like. Actors and actresses that are no longer with us, like Carrie Fisher. I mean, right, seeing her at the end of Rogue One was awesome. But again, like you look at the time that that happened compared to now, like it would look yes. so incredible, I'm sure. And you can do it, even imagine like with recent films when they've moved to digital. So, like, you could have Obi Wan, you could have Qui Gon, you could have Hayden Christensen for right. who knows what. I mean, it's it's crazy. And even,
1: Even with Carrie Fisher, as an example, with her untimely death, you could have used that technology to further her story. I mean, I don't know if that's disrespectful. I heard that they were going to do that with Wakanda and and what's his what's his name that played Black Panther? Yeah. And people kind of got upset about that. And I can kind of see like maybe that's a little bit disrespectful to to lean into that. But I don't know. It's just a conversation or an option for for this stuff kind of to move forward and not derail the story because i'm sure Carrie Fisher's death totally derailed
0: the rise of skywalker yeah it was crazy what they were able to patch together with used footage and stuff already but
2: when you say it's disrespectful i think of like the movie troy <laughs> i watched it recently and troy movie...
0: like with Brad Pitt
2: yeah
1: okay where are you going with this <laughs> listen to this <laughs> people
2: don't remember like this creates a future for this character it creates immortality in that way we tell stories we're humans right Mm. like imagine being able to create young leia older leia middle-aged leia create a whole Mm. series on her based on the footage we have so like in the movie troy they talk like brad pitt has this whole line where he's like that's why you're not going to be remembered nobody's going to remember your name because you didn't do anything outstanding and like for the people who are actors and who love this attention, like this technology gives them immortality in some way, you know, this, I think it's awesome. Like, and it's getting good to your point, Parker, it's only going to get better.
1: Oh yeah. And
2: it It's going to be a little weird because I mean, then
1: I mean, it have... was weird. It was super weird for me. I'm like, Holy shit. Man. Like this it's looks good. Yeah.
2: Other than like, His voice was a little slow. Uh, Matt called that out, so shout out to Matt. I did catch that too. Well, here's the thing: like you can
1: even you can even see like when he started to to shoot, like they would move away from like a back shot, or he would look at Grogu when he was doing the dialogue, just to limit his his interactions with talking, and then also like you can see him repeat the lines again. So they would take all what stuff that really did work with the technology and most of the flaws were like in the, like I said, in the T's or the S's or something that he says just didn't really match. So I think they did a really good job trying to steer the camera away from his dialogue, but also, you know, in those long pauses, it was on him, but I think it was really well done.
0: Yeah. It didn't ever took me out of it. Didn't take me out of it. No, I only noticed the voice thingy on like my third rewatch.
2: Yeah. And I kept telling myself that he's talking to a baby. <laughs> Great so you go. i talk to my kids slower it's
1: true uh, technically i mean a 55 year old baby but yeah, yeah more or less
2: in the context of his like nine million year life he's a baby Parker. i know That's <laughs> very true.
0: true so back grogu and luke are meditating in this field and grogu gets distracted by a frog of course we know how that little dude loves frogs a
2: nightmare frog like no joke those are creepy Cyclops, Cyclops frogs. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Ooh, couldn't get over it.
0: looks like a snack and he force pulls it over and he's like about to eat it. And then Luke's like, Grogu, what are you doing? And Grogu's like, oh my bad. And they go back to meditating. And then Luke's like, oh, watch this kid. And he like freaking levitates up like a dozen frogs. And Grogu's just like, whoa.
1: The inverted parallels with Grogu and Luke and Luke and Yoda, like the training and was was awesome. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was so it was so fun to see.
2: Although I do feel like Luke channels Dooku with his look of superiority <laughs> when he dumps out Grogu every time.
1: <laughs> dare
2: you uh, <laughs> He's like an asshole to Grogu. Like, he's kind how, of... How do
1: you mean? What do you mean?
2: Like, when he does the jump thing, and he's like... Hold Is on. That all you got? I'm like, oh, come on. Give Grogu a break. He's a
1: baby. But that's the thing. That's the thing. No. I mean, I was saying that he's 55 years old, and he needs to get this crap together. So. <laughs> no. He's testing him. Dude, he, he's seeing where his limits are, just like any other teacher would, and see where his weaknesses are, and then focusing on them. He's got a hard choice, and he and we we can see in the in the formulation through this this dialogue and the uh when ahsoka comes to talk to him that he's starting to sense that grogu is distracted and seeing where his attention
0: is, is being lost and why yeah so he's pushing him i do have thoughts on luke but we'll get to that later i guess it's more important later on in the episode I think I might uh, tell me if I'm uh, touching on this a little
1: bit, because I guess he's still, he's still kind of um, unsure of insecure Yeah. Yeah. Insecure of, of his teachings. And we'll, we will see that later on, but I was
0: just seeing if I, I struck a chord there, but let's continue. Okay. They then set off on a walk and then while they're walking, they're chatting about Yoda. And I thought it was freaking phenomenal. how, Grogu is obviously tiny and can't walk. So Luke like force picks him up and pulls him up. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he skips
1: him. He force skips him because he can't walk.
0: It was dope. He just kind of starts, you know, giving Grogu some lessons on Yoda, basically. And, you know, he says, you know, even though he was a very, very small creature, the force was incredibly strong with him. And he talked in riddles. And then he asks Grogu, do you remember if other people in your home talked like that on your home planet? And then do you remember your home? He then asks Grogu if he wants to remember and puts his hand on his head. And we get a full on freaking Order 66 flashback. And I myself. This, I mean, I know that,
1: that he was being taught. At the Jedi Temple, I I think I remember his conversation with Ahsoka, right? That he was being trained in the Mandalorian when she was communicating telepathically. But what's interesting about this, this situation right here is that with that being the case, and if Grogu has been there since day one, I think Anakin and... Grogu are roughly the same age around this timeline. They're, they're both around fifty years old. I think Ahsoka is five years younger than Grogu at this point, point. and so it's worth noting that I think that he's been in the in the temple the whole time. But what what I wonder is how come Ahsoka doesn't recognize Grogu, and if he's he's probably been hidden by everyone else by the jedi masters on the council that's probably why we haven't seen him maybe and so is he yoda's illegitimate child that's the thing dude this is where i'm trying to go with this but he was there and he survived the next question is who saved him
0: this is an interesting point because it got my mind like racing and i think there's a few possibilities you have jacosta new who's the librarian but it also got me thinking how do we know he was saved? That's, that's true. Because in yeah. the Mandalorian, he's no longer with the remnants of the Empire. They have placed a bounty on him, but they have some of his blood, right? Which they've utilized for this cloning experiment in the factory that Mando, Kara, and Grief Karga blew up. So maybe the clones see him and take him back to Palpatine and then they start all their experiments on him and then he's somehow broken out. I don't know because we see the three Jedi in front of him just get obliterated by the 501st. Right. They just progress towards him. I mean, it would make sense for them to kill him. It didn't. Okay.
1: I see where you're saying here. I I know this is probably like way off, off left. The only reason why I think he was saved is because it looked like they pointed past him not at him. It was in the in the eyes of Grogu. Yeah. And and the trauma that he was he was taking in. Um if you kind of look at the edges of the screen, he's either in one of those bassinets that are floating or if he's in someone's arm, but it definitely looks like there's something in between or I, it might just be the vision. But I don't know if there's like a film in between, or like glass, or he's hiding behind something in, in someone's arm. But if you look very closely, there's a dark, like a dark kind of robe, which I thought thought it was going to be. I just wondered. There's the, okay. There's like five, maybe a couple of possibilities that it is. Here's what I'm going to go in order. So I think I think R two D two was on that planet or on, on the the Jedi Temple of Order 66, that's highly unlikely. I'm going highly unlikely to likely. Okay. So I'm just trying to, I don't know if he can fit in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, come on, little one. I'm just, right. So the other one is Obi-Wan, when Yoda and Obi-Wan went back to the temple, but that's kind of that's unlikely fact, given. Though, right? Yeah. right, but maybe he just sat and hid. But... I also know that Palpatine showed up at the temple as well and maybe found him then, and it might go into your your theory there. The other theory is Anakin was roaming the halls of the Jedi Temple, killing everything else, and maybe Grogu or the side of Grogu spared his hand from killing him and maybe let him slip. That's highly unlikely. Okay, here's kind of my top, my my top ones was uh what's the librarian's name? Jacosta New. Yeah, so we know she survived. Yep. And we know that she she took off with some of the archives and the data chip that that was giving the locations of brand new Force Yielders and their birthdays and where they are located within the galaxy. That is knowledge for Palpatine. And he very, I think there was comics of that he wanted this this chip. Yeah, he said. And I think Vader destroyed it. Yep, Vader destroyed the chip, and also is she's the one that was killed by Vader's hands. Uh, She might have picked up Grogu, sent him off world when Vader started to come after. That's that's highly likely in, in my point. Yeah. The other one is Yaddle. Yeah, Yaddle just disappeared after Episode One. Correct, and she left the council after the conflict of Naboo, and when Qui Gon Jinn passed away, she renounced being a member on the High Order. So, where has she been? It sounds in the timeline taking place, she could be taking care of little Grogu. But here's here's the weird thing: is just like, how did did. Master Yoda and Yaddle have a, a, a dark a dark side moment and did the did the deed and bumped rose. That's his son? Maybe. Right.
2: Bumped wow, wow. Bumped rose. I'm gonna go with that because that would make the most views happen.
0: <laughs> Not the most, we have had a lot of uh, talk about reproductive stuff in the book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett. Yeah.
2: hmm Banthas. Oh gosh. my gosh. Like next thing we're gonna know is like how Sangoro <laughs> does his stuff.
0: <laughs> he's going to get his own
2: spin-off.
1: <laughs> but the next the next one is Mace Windu survived, and his last breath was maybe getting Grogu out. Could be. I know that's highly unlikely. I'm just trying to throw out uh, possibilities. But So, Ian, you think
2: um, Palpatine picked him up, and he's been in the hands of the Empire since then? I mean... Is that where you're getting
0: at? Yeah, but I think it, then at some point, somebody rescues him or he gets away somehow because then they have to place a bounty on him. But the thinking that I had on that is when we learn about the bounty for Grogu and Mando, like they obviously know who he is, where he is, what he is. How would they have that intel without actually having like seen him and had him in their captivity, you know? Well, I mean, it seems like these... Jedi are protecting him
1: so well my thoughts is I mean, that just kind of flows with that we haven't seen him at all in in the uh, the prequels or the animated series like he's a brand new character but we know he's been around so the only th- logical conclusion that I can come up with is that he was kept a secret and the only reason why he was probably kept a secret is Yoda did the deed or he's just some other being or he was a dyad in the force along with Anakin could be. And what I mean by that, what people think, well, what's what's a dyad mean? So a dyad means like Ray and Kylo Ren. So basically they are dyads in the Force and they are super strong together.
0: It's like a Sith rule of two. It's, it's kind of like power combined. And Snoke even says a line in, I think the last Jedi, darkness rises and then light to meet it. To your point, Anakin rises, so does Grogu. They're the same age. They were born the same time and it and it could be a possibility why they keep it a secret
1: and also kept it away from Anakin because they i mean they don't have to be at the same time or the same age even though they were but it would make sense probably to keep them away from each other on the possibility of the prophecy maybe the the cuz they worried about them turning or just destroying the Jedi order in, in in that sense. So maybe they both turned to the dark side. Who knows? But yeah. I yeah. did think he was kept as a secret for a reason. And that's maybe why Ahsoka had no knowledge that he was even in the Jedi temple, even though she was there training being a Padawan to Anakin.
2: What do we know about this race other than... Don't. Yal- we don't know the we name. Right?
1: Nope. We don't know the planet they're on. They, I think... George did that just to keep, you know, just a helmet on to keep that nostalgia. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, they have a blank slate. Right. And
2: I think that's kind of fun. I think that I'm excited to see where.
1: We're questioning, it we're questioning it right now, right? That's what's fun for me is just trying to. Yeah. I don't know why I want to try to figure things out before they even come. <laughs> they come out, but we just need to know. But that's the thing. It's just like I th- I see these little plot holes starting to pop up and say, oh, okay, well, where the hell did that come from? Yeah.
0: When Grogu comes back to Luke, then kind of talks to him about how dangerous the galaxy is. And he says, I can teach you to protect yourself from those dangers. And then we go back to Din taking his little snooze. And he suddenly wakes up when he hears something. And we see our queen, Ahsoka Tano, again. I was my jaw was like on the floor because she was the last person I expected to see. And she has a line here and Din's like, I didn't think I would see you here training Grogu. And she said,
1: I'm an old friend of the family.
0: And Courtney came in as I was watching it. And I was like bawling my eyes out. And she's like, You're okay. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's, this is fine. But the They're way she, like she, the bond that we see her create through the clone wars with, Anakin and with Padme and with like R2, she is absolutely a member of their family. Like if events went correctly, Anakin never turned. They had Luke and Leia. She would totally be like their aunt Ahsoka, growing all growing up. The fact that we have confirmation now, especially confirmation in like live action, that she has met Luke, just like. Brings me so much joy that I don't even know how to like properly express it because it gives you the idea that she can tell Luke about Anakin when he was younger. And then Luke can also tell Ahsoka how Anakin returned at the end of his life and conquered Vader because spoiler alert for rebels, Ahsoka actually fights Vader. And it's like an incredibly emotional moment where, She's like, I'm gonna avenge my master. And it is her master. Vader's like, he's dead. I killed him. And she's like, All right, then I'm gonna avenge I'm avenging him. I'm gonna kill you. And just for both both ends of the spectrum, like for Ahsoka to know that Anakin came back before he died is amazing. And then Luke being able to know who Anakin was as a youngster and Leia.
1: Man, yeah, she she kind of connects the dots there. And then also can give Luke
0: the history of what actually went down. Yeah. Why he was turned by Sidious. We know from our perspective, but Luke never knew. Then Din's like, hey, I'm here to see the kid. And we find out that R2 had this elaborate plan to, if anybody ever, if he showed up to find Grogu, don't take him to Luke, take him to Ahsoka. And she just kind of walks in through what's going on, that Luke's building a school, Grogu's going to be the first student in it. Ahsoka said, You know, I told you that your guys' bond was going to be make things difficult, like it would be hard for you to each let each other go, giving me kind of vibes of Anakin not being able to let go of his mother in episode one, episode two. And if Din really wants to see him, then I'll take you there. But it's going to make things a lot more difficult for him. And are you doing it for yourself or are you actually doing it for Grogu? Yeah, I don't control the wants of others. Are you
1: doing this for Grogu or are you doing it for yourself? And it gives the Mando a pause because he realized that he is being pretty selfish and what he's doing might not be the best for Grogu. And he starts to, to understand and he did come all this way across the galaxy to come
0: see him. And when he says but I came all this way and like his voice cracks. I'm like, Oh my gosh, just let him see his son, please.
2: I really like the duality in this because I mean, I love how the Jedi Ahsoka handles this, right? She like tells him, Hey, you need to really think about this and take that pause. Like you were saying, Parker, but at the same time, like kind of going further into the episode, like Din says, this is not the Mandalorian way to give up attachment but like the Jedi fell because of their arrogance, right? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have it all covered. And in order for them, like, I guess in order for success to happen, you need to take it all. And I love seeing the interaction between the Jedi and the Mandalorian in this case, because it's like two creeds, two different styles, and they're starting to kind of mesh here. Like we see Din giving in to more Jedi ways in, a, in some sense. And then, you know,
1: Luke yeah, you- is obviously changing as well you're right and like just to follow your your little mesh there is that din cuz din replies he's like he's a foundling and he should have this it's his right and she says foundling perhaps he's a padawan now and either way this is an armor that will protect him and he should he should have it so she she knows that he, um he misses grogu a great deal but if If you, if he sees you, it will make things more difficult for him. And that's 100% correct because we can see the mindset of Grogu right now being completely distracted.
0: And, and we know in the last episode, Din, when he was swinging around the dark saber, he was distracted. They're both distracted thinking about each other. Exactly. And that's probably why he's having a rough time
1: wielding that saber because his mind is elsewhere just like Groku's is and I don't and this is why I think he can't take something because of this are they a dyad Mm, I wonder that far
2: (laughs) maybe like eight seasons later
1: technically they are (laughs) right I mean especially for the for the their mental well-being and and the way they make each other better yeah so yeah they are
2: Maybe not in the force, but a dyad in the story. Like, I do like that. Yeah. Go ahead, Ian.
0: Din, to that point that Parker alluded to, you know, Ahsoka says, if you see him, it's going to make it even more difficult for him. And he says, you know what? You're right. Give him this gift. And we see him walking away. And then for some reason, because Dave Filoni is a sick person who wants to inflict harm upon all of us emotionally, we have to watch Grogu watch this starfighter take off. And he, like, even extends his little hand out. I'm sure he felt them there. He's sitting in the backpack with Luke, just like Yoda, Empire Strikes Back style, baby. I'll let you, boy. And then we get a freaking montage straight out of Empire Strikes Back, Luke and Yoda. They're running around, jumping through the forest, doing flips. The teacher teaches the student, and the student teaches the teacher. Like, we see that
2: cycle there. Like, Yoda taught Luke. Luke's teaching Grogu.
1: Yeah. Like, I love that symbolism. Love it. Yeah when he did the front
0: flip, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I <laughs> just needed a little bit of fog to be eerie, and then you're like, shot for shot, Dagoba.
1: But after that, that little bit of a running run there, he pops out a training remote to test his reflexes. So I like how kind of he's going hard at this point right now. Is You think like it's kind of rude, but... Obi-Wan kind of did the same thing to Luke, just kind of you're thrusted in this world now, and we, we need you to get up to speed because he's way too old. He has limited time probably with Grogu. Grogu is learning at a different pace due to the, I guess the, the way he ages, like you were saying, Mike, maybe it's just his adolescence or his just goes along It takes a long time for him to mature just as it takes him to age. So Luke's just trying to get ahead of the curve here. And then that that thing gives him a
0: zap, just like the uh, training droid did to Luke back in, I think, New Hope. Yeah. Kicks him into high gear, and we see him, like, jumping rock to rock.
2: Well, I love what Luke says. Always get up.
0: I love that, too, Mike. And that's what just drives me nuts about the sequel trilogy. <laughs> what are you talking about? Ray got up time and time again, Parker. Yeah, but Luke didn't. Another thing that Luke said that was really cool was he told Grogu to, when they were beforehand doing, like, jumping, he's like, as you're jumping, feel the force flowing through you. And he says, don't try, do, which is a nice, nice little take on do or do not. There is no try. Right. Grogu eventually... He's like, man, I'm sick of jumping around in this stupid little thing following me. And he like, he crushes it with the force. Right as Ahsoka comes to watch.
1: We've taught him well.
2: It's more like he's remembering than I'm actually teaching him anything.
1: That just gives me more indication that, I mean, he had to, to tap into his memories because I think Grogu shut those off. Or maybe someone wiped them. Maybe. Is kind of what I'm thinking too, but I think Ahsoka did say in The Mandalorian that she's kind of he was so traumatized by that whole experience that he just shut everything off to a certain period. So maybe that's why the lessons that he was taught back then are are starting to pick up and he's starting to get that muscle memory. I can't imagine that like having a sweet life
2: and Coruscant at the temple and going through what he did. He's not going to be messed up, right? Yeah. Like he's definitely repressing stuff and like, he's not that old. Like we see him act very childlike. Right. Like he is understanding of things. Like, I think he's like a toddler esque. I don't know. How, what are you guys feeling on that? Yeah. Like, well, he's kind of yeah. like a toddler. So, I mean, yeah. Like, I love the comment on him remembering it because it's like muscle memory, right? Like as soon as he got him back in there, he's like, okay, I'm remembering prior to order 66. I'm seeing, you know, that training come back and it's coming back quick. Yep. I mean, the fact that he crushed that what is it called? The remote?
1: Yeah. The, the, uh, the training, the training.
2: Yeah. Like the fact that he crushed that, that's pretty advanced force usage, right? Like, right. That's not something you learn pretty quickly. And it's
0: (laughs) kind of, it's more of a darker side kind of a
2: thing Mm -hmm. too, which the comment that she makes, right?
0: Yeah. So she gives Luke the gift. Luke sends Mando was there. And Mm -hmm. he then says... Sometimes I wonder if his heart is in it.
1: So much like your father.
0: Again, the waterworks just came pouring out for me. We really see that Luke's kind of conflicted. Like, what do I do with this kid? And Ahsoka says, trust your instincts before she departs.
2: I love that she dunks that wisdom on him. Like... I love that Ahsoka is like teaching Luke to your point earlier, Parker, right? Like she's there to mentor him because she got the Padawan master experience in the height of the Jedi. <laughs> well,
1: not only the height of the Jedi, but from his father himself. So those lessons are being passed down through Ahsoka from Anakin. So that's Friend what, that's what's, what touches, touches you there. It's just like, that's, that's, her, basically, his father. He's talking to through Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, they had their differences, and that's why Ahsoka left. Left the temple. She saw. She saw the the negligence and and in, in the Jedi Order, and she called it out, and she bailed, and it broke kind of Anakin's heart in a way, for sure. But I mean, their love for each other, for Padawan and Master. Ahsoka and Anakin still remained. I mean, they, they, she left on somewhat good terms with Anakin until he turned and she found out the hard truth that what was under that mask.
0: Yep. And then we leave. We see Dan arriving to Tatooine, pulling up to Park and Boba's Palace.
2: I do love the change in tone right there because we went from like a fun scene, Grogu, like it was just nostalgic. And then we go immediately to, the Naboo starfighter coming to Tatooine and the twin suns. And it's like darker tone. Like I love that transition. Filoni loved it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that shot of him flying to Tatooine and you see the suns. Oh man. But he's taken by a Gamorrean up to basically a meeting of all of Boba's gathered muscle. So we have Boba, we have Fennec, uh, Black Chrysanthemum, we have the mods and basically some of Boba's Gamorrean guards. And the major's major domo chiming in with his one-liner.
1: Yeah, he's he's actually scheduled on vacation, which I think was kind of funny. With it, it kind of is a tease from actual political <laughs> stuff we see today when people go golfing or some crap or whatever, and they're actually doing something else. But uh, I thought that was fun. But but yeah, we see looks like going to be the generals of Boba's somewhat army. So I think Cobb is going to join that. And we'll talk about that later, but they do need foot soldiers. And I'm just sitting here like, this is this is what you got so far? Like do you have do you have any idea? Like we spent two two and a half shots or two and a half episodes without nothing being seen. We're wrapping this up at number seven. Ian, help me out here, bro. You don't think so. We're going freaking season two. two. There's just no way they can fit all this crap in there. No, it's it's not happening. And we worried about this and I hate, I, I love these episodes. I love these two episodes, but at the expense of Boba not saying a word in these two episodes, not a word. He didn't say one in this
0: one either. He just looked around. I saw somebody tweeted. They were like, I don't know what everybody's complaining about Boba Fett getting 47 seconds of screen time across two of his own episodes is so on brand for Boba Fett. (sighs) (laughs) Very good point. Yeah.
2: I mean, it has to go into multiple seasons and part of me wonders if it's like a test, you know, to see how much reception they get and if it gets received well
0: then they're just going to keep going well if it doesn't
1: get accepted well are they still going to do the series because
0: that's a huge cliffhanger well here's the thing that Mm -hmm. I've mentioned before I don't know if it was on the podcast or I know it was in the text thread with all of our buddies but this book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian I feel like are intertwined with one another I get it it's all connected I all get it it's connected but this is the thing
1: is that expensive Boba Fett's story it's his story, like I, like I said, I love these series, but you're, what the, f-? like that's disrespectful to my boy here. You're not, you're not giving him his star time, and we need to flush out his story. And especially if I'm thinking this thing is wrapping up in episode
0: seven, like what are you doing? We haven't gotten his story though. I feel like we've got a lot of stuff. I mean, yes, there are Dude, a lot of loose so to tie up. To but We saw the we, baby Rancor. We haven't seen him doing any of that stuff. But yeah. we don't need to if we have more episodes in the future. Is,
2: oh, that's I'm so listening. gross
0: to me. Patience.
2: Or maybe they will merge in The Mandalorian. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, that could happen too. Like Mando Season 3 is going to be Book of Boba Fett 1.5, you know? Yeah. Like basically, I mean, part of me wonders if it ends up with like Din getting that title and then having Boba be like his right hand man as they
1: continue to you know conquer Tatooine at this point or at least help each other just as Finnick says she says Mayor Mokshais has been flown off planet which makes me indicate that it's about to go down and indeed it does because after this shot soldiers foot soldiers show up from the pikes at Garza Whip's sanctuary and I'm sorry Garza that I, I, I treat you poorly in these, these last, uh,
0: couple of podcasts because you got toasted. She gone for sure.
1: But before that.
0: Yeah. So Din chimes in, says, you know, I may be able to help with the foot soldier issue. And he flies on out to visit his buddy Cobb Vanth in Moss Pelgo. Freetown. Um, yes. Excuse me. It's Freetown now. <laughs> and he gets hassled by the deputy sheriff. He's like, hey, you can't park there. Like, oh, I was like, I need that. to see the marshal. A cop comes out, and he's like, go inside. Like, shut up, dude. He's new. He's new. Oh, man. But then Din basically says, hey, we need your help.
1: I love I love. He noticed. He's like, is that an, is that a Naboo starfighter?
0: Hell yeah, it's a Naboo starfighter, bro. Mm-hmm. Tricked out. He knows his stuff. And I loved that Din flew it past the Jawas on the Sandcrawler. -hmm. Uh, With the 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 head of the crate dragon on there. Yeah.
2: Part of me wonders if they were like, please crash so we can steal that sick Nabu Starfighter. (laughs) (laughs) Take them
1: parts. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, they knew they built that ship. They're very proud of that thing. For sure. No, I did like the Sandcrawler. That was badass seeing that.
2: Crate Dragon. Yeah. They're just paying us off on this show. Like it's just been shot after shot. It's paying the fans back. No doubt.
0: But Din just kind of continues laying on the pressure to Cobb. Like, Cobb says, you know, it's not really these people's problem. We're good now that the crate Dragon's gone. And Din basically says, I mean, it's not your problem right now, but it could be, and I yes, didn't exactly. really think you were one to back down from a fight. And that, I think, strikes a chord with Cobb, because he then immediately is like, okay, I'll I'll see what I can do. And he requests good old bartender week way to round up all the men and women of fighting age to come to town for a meeting.
1: Well, what I love about this part is that, is that even, even the bartender, he's, he says, that's, that's a town folks fight. We, we don't want any part of this. And he's going to soon realize that it's, it's coming a lot sooner than he thinks. And it's, it's definitely going to be the catalyst for them to, they have no choice unless Freetown's not going to be free. Yeah, but I love, I I absolutely love this line. Is when Din asks him to stand up to these bullies, he's like, he's like, it's not, it's not our problem. He's like, there is no easy way to ask for a favor, and I freaking love that line
0: because it's f- true, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's when he gives in. He's like, all right. <laughs> I mean, going back to the Mandalorian, where Din helped them out with the crate dragon he kind of quote unquote repaid him by giving him Boba's armor back. But it's like mm-hmm. you put your life at risk. Like you flew inside a crate dragon to help our mm-hmm. town. Like, I guess that for us to be square, we can kind of come and help you with a fight when you really need it. Yeah. Well,
2: that's well, cool. and it's going to benefit free
0: town. Like, yeah. Cause the pikes are coming.
1: Well, that's Cobb's. I mean, Cobb's already got a taste of this and that's why, I mean, the bartender has no idea what just probably happened that early morning with the, with the three pikes being dead on the ground. Them actually starting to move spice. He's starting to see it now, and and is and is starting to gain attraction that maybe he they need help from Boba Fett. They they need an outside source. They need more friends. Yeah, and so when he says this, he knows that he's he's not stupid. He knows it's coming. Yeah. For sure. And then Mando jets off.
2: Were those, like, rib cages in that bar the whole time? Yeah, that,
1: no, that's the rib cage from the crate Dragon that they... Okay, went, so that was in Mando. They, Got it. They went to take that and decorate, which is kind of cool. I mean, it, it, gives, it gives a little history for the town and what they've <laughs> gone through in the past. And now, like, the 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 syndicate or the gang that was roughing them up before have all been gone and now the crate dragon was gone and now they're essentially free to live their lives without this opposition and now something new is coming like it just it starts picking up in a, in a different form yeah and this town or this planet has seen enough violence is what cobb said
0: right yeah i think he's realizing that it's just never ending it's good old tatooine Literally, like, 10 seconds after Din takes off, Cobb notices a figure on the haze of the horizon. And, like, in this moment, I was like, holy I'm
2: like, this is what I knew. Is that a top hat? I knew Parker was freaking out. Is that a top hat?
1: to get closer.
0: Ah! It's super, super western vibes here. And it just leans right into who it is. But he's like, Oh yeah, get everybody and head inside like the old westerns and
2: Cobb was he was scared in the show. We haven't seen him with that reaction. Yeah. He was rattling for
0: good reason. The deputy comes out to see what's going on against Cobb's orders. He's like, get inside. I don't want you out here. And then this this figure, he calls Cobb by name. Cobb and we see most of his face, and like if you've seen any of Clone Wars, you knew immediately, if not before this, at this point, who it was. Whatever Fett's
1: paying you will match, and all you have to do is stay put and let things play out.
0: Dude, he's so dope. Oh. And Cobb's like, I didn't catch your name. Who are you? And then this figure turns his head up, and it's
2: Cad Bane. The hat. Dude. The hat had to bring his
1: character in. Dude. Okay, peeps, for those who don't know this character and haven't watched any of the Clone Wars or, or the Bad Batch or anything, Cad Bane is a mother okay <laughs> <Keeply put. laughs> yes. so he is I think his species are called the Doros they hail from a planet called Doro so you can connect the dots there but the reason why Cad Bane is so freaking scary is probably because of his mentor and which we all know who his mentor is and he might have played a small role during to the fall of the order 66 probably the huge reason why this has all gone down is is Django Fett, which is Boba's host and father. Now, the reason why is just after Fett's death, Cobb Bam has been trying to make the claim as top bounty hunter in all of the galaxy, which he does a pretty damn good job of doing. He takes a lot of contracts from high folk. I mean, even from Palpatine from, from super bad guys just to try to
2: He broke into the Jedi temple. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Palpatine ordered him to kill himself. Okay. This is how cool Palpatine is, but, this is the dude can stack himself against Jedi. The reason why he has those tubes on his face is because when he gets force choked, he can freaking breathe. Yep. Right. So this is how badass this dude is. Another layer of that badassery is that Jango Fett's name in hunting is very high upon the list, almost to the point where people compare the two, either. Cad Bane or Django fit. The reason why this is so cool is that Cad Bane is Boba Fett's mentor in a way Cad Bane taught Boba Fett, a lot of stuff that he knows, which is we see the trickle down of knowledge from Django fit to Cad Bane now to Boba Fett. Yep. Now what's so freaking gangster about this is that he, the only reason why he taught Boba Fett is for him to gain enough skill for Cab Bain to have a chance in Killing him why So he can wipe the Fett clan Name letting everybody Know that he killed one of the greatest Hunters in the galaxy that we Know today which is Boba Fett Just to gain that title How f- gangster is that
0: And he does it all with a Freaking cowboy hat I mean he's In space <laughs> Space cowboy for sure And he's incredibly smart.
1: Cabane's all about chewing toothpicks and kicking ass, and he is straight out of toothpicks because I didn't see one in his mouth. I'm surprised they didn't put one in his mouth. I know, but that would have been super cool.
0: He looks great. I know. I've seen a lot of blowback where people are are like, high. (laughs) They are high as a cat.
2: I thought he looked great and he sounded badass. Like it's the he's same intimidating. Actor. It's the same voice actor.
0: But like, I don't understand. Yes, he's not the same shade of blue as he was in the animation series.
1: He's old. He's older. Yep. He's he's seventy one years old. Yeah. He was born six sixty six B B Y before the Battle of Yavin. So he's a seventy one years old. Um, they do. It's kind of like a reverse Grogu where they are. They don't have a whole. A long lifespan, even even lesser than humans do. So I think he's like around a hundred years old, like right now, if I, if my memory serves. But that would explain why he's a little lighter skin tone, right? Is because he's old as fart.
0: Yeah, I mean we get old and our skin changes and goes to crap. He looked phenomenal.
1: He flourished in the Clone Wars. He he yeah. did bounties for high level contracts. Just this dude is a gangster
0: and. You're upset about his skin color? He looks way better for his age than Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's all I'm gonna say. Dude, if you don't want you, do fuck mother. You bring that that thing to life. Like they did a really good
1: job with me doing props and everything. I thought he looked great. The only gripe that I had is I thought his brim of his hat was a little bit too small. Just make it a little bit bigger. But that was it. Very minor gripes. The acting form was awesome perfect spot on and that's why dave filoni had to step into this one because he was bringing that guy to screen for sure boy did he make an entrance when i saw him arrive i'm like dude cobb Vanth don't have a chance in hell i'm like i thought he was
0: gonna die straight up yeah he would have i mean he says like you know the whole talk down cobb Vanth is like shaking he's like oh man what does he say? He says you should have never given up your armor and then he pulls his coat back to reveal one of his blasters. And Cad's like, oh frick, we're about to do this. Which is, a, which is another thing. is like, How did he know that he had the armor? Good question. He's been on
1: Tatooine for a bit. I think he killed the Polis tribe. So do I, and that's why I speculated that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's... The thing is, is that he is hired gun. Yep. Like, I want to go back...
2: When the dialogue between him and Cobb, he says, Cobb says, is that a threat? And Mm -hmm. he doesn't even answer. He just goes on with his dialogue. Like, the intimidation is just spot on. Like, I mean, I've only seen this character a couple times in Clone Wars. But seeing him on screen, like, they hit it spot on on intimidation. Like, I don't know. He just seems like a badass. Dude, he is. To your point, like, I think he totally did. Killed the same people. Like yeah. he's probably pulling all the strings on a lot of these gangs. He's probably the one who is making these orders to bomb that. Um, what was it? Like the Garces, the club or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: and he, him, if we come to find that he was the one who killed the tribe, there's more conflict between him and Boba. He and Fennec fought yep. each other in the bad batch. So there's um, conflict between those two. And Anton knows of Cad Bane for sure. Everybody does.
1: Right. So that's what I'm saying. There is just those two reasons that you mentioned, Boba Fett alone and Finnick Shan. They kind of bested him in a way in a couple of different occasions, and he wants their head. So that's a, a huge reason on why he would definitely k- take this contract, you know, without a penny. But the thing is, is like he takes a lot of high-level contracts. And mm-hmm. I think for pikes to be maybe, you know, saying that I think he's hired by some someone way powerful than than just the pikes. Maybe Kira. I think is I think it might be Kira. Because he said after that goes down, so the the standoff goes down, and Cobb Vanth is eyeing, trying to get eyes on his deputy because he knows he's a, a gun. He's gung ho. He's he's got his foot on the gas pedal. He's he doesn't know how to read the situation, and so he doesn't know how to take orders. He told him go inside, and in this which distracts him. He takes one eye. He takes one eye off of 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 Cad, and it's a done deal. He would have had a chance if that guy wasn't there, I think.
0: Like I know I don't know, man. Here's the thing though. Like, he I guess moving along in the fight, like the deputy draws first, Cad pulls out his gun super, super quick, pops Cobb in the shoulder, I'm assuming, and then just blasts the deputy like four times, like (laughs) without anybody else getting a shot off. Like this dude is quick. And we
1: saw how quick. Cobb Vamp was at the beginning and I think that's why they showed that is that he's a capable slinger but dude Cad is so much better
0: yeah and he, he throws this line to the townsfolk of Freetown and he says Tatooine belongs to the syndicate as long as the spice keeps running everybody will be left alone basically just intimidating them but it's basically creating that conflict and a huge burden on those citizens between coming to fight and then staying removed and keeping their town safe
1: exactly but that's when you see the bartender roll out and you see the last shot is with him looking at him and saying we're in it what i just said in the bar is out the window like it's already here we don't want a part of that it just showed up without us without us even asking.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't think he shot to kill. No, I think that was a shoot to intimidate. And he was saying like, I don't know. I, he was also saying that line to Cobb. Yep. I think because I mean, after a rewatch, like they are saying, is he going to be okay? Like get the medical unit, they get like,
1: the stems. <laughs> Nobody cares about the deputy. He gone. Dude, everybody <laughs> passed the deputy. Dude. You know, he was smoked. Everybody wanted if it wasn't for for Bane, they would probably kill him before he did. <laughs>
2: they did him a favor. That guy was a little too jumpy. He's like that cop that like, you got to park your starfighter elsewhere. I'm like, "Come on. Man. I heard you." Even Din says, "I heard you." Like, I have no respect for you.
1: So, but that line what was fun is that Tatooine belongs to the Syndicate. He didn't say the Pike Syndicate. He just said the Syndicate. So, is it a Bigger Syndicate?
0: What are we talking about, homie? Who who are you working for? Crimson Dawn. Because he did work with Darth Maul at one point as well, Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. don't remember if it was when Maul was over Crimson Dawn. Or maybe it was... It the might have been. I don't know. It might have been. But he's a bad, bad dude. And I am beyond stoked that we got him in this... And if you don't like the way he looks, jog on. Nobody cares. I think he – I, I all a
1: comparison of the other – what, the darker skin. I was just like, dude, come on. Potatoes, potatoes. It's a
2: desert. Maybe he just looks lighter in the desert. Put him on Coruscant in the club and he's going to look way. dark. <laughs> Loved it
0: then we get one final little bit with Luke and Grogu. We had mentioned the whole scene with Garces where the Pikes went and bombed it. Real terrorist bombing style.
2: The, that scene was done well. Like the transition where we get the music and like...
1: Speaking of music, did anybody see Max Rebo? I
0: know. poor one out for him. If he, he wasn't <laughs> there, Mike. Maybe he, wasn't there. maybe he wasn't there. Maybe it was a dark night for the Max Rebo show. No, maybe that, <laughs>
1: maybe that motherfucker's the head shed and pulling the strings on this. Place.
0: It's all he survived. Java sail barge disaster. He yeah. was, survives this.
1: That's my main theory. You're onto something.
0: He saved. Yes, yeah. Lord. The Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he saved. Grogan. He saved Grogu.
2: <laughs> it's all Max Rebo. No, but I am sad about that whole scene. Like it was well done though. Like the fear that you see in Garza. She was sweating.
1: Like she a knew and Mustafar. <laughs> Dude, I, I knew exact I knew exactly what was gonna happen as soon as they left with that yeah. without that canteen. I'm like, it's a bomb, it's a bomb, it's a bomb. Yep. Get out. Yep. Get out, girl. Sorry, we can only, sorry, Parker. we can only
0: hope that she pulls a palpatine. <laughs> Your crush is gone. <laughs> Yeah, she's gone. Sorry. She gone. Back with Luke and Grogu, we see them sitting inside the now complete school. And Luke gives Grogu Din's gift. And it is that chainmail Beskar armor, like Parker speculated. Yeah.
2: I don't know what I missed there, but I did not realize that that little packet was the armor. But I still wish we would have had full Mando armor for Grogu. But I'm okay with Mithril. (laughs) It'll, It'll protect him
1: some plates in there but yeah I I knew it was going to be a shirt I mean Courtney's idea with the ball and chain was a good idea but I win (laughs) I'm like no I immediately thought of him like that's badass that it's a
0: chain mail protect him for sure and before Grogu takes it Luke says "Ah, ah, ah, not so fast little guy I want you to make a choice you can have this little shirt or you can have Master Yoda's lightsaber can we talk about that for Absolute. a second? Absolute. Yeah, I thought that was destroyed. It was destroyed in a comic, but Filoni just pulling pulling this out of nowhere because hmm. it was lost in Revenge of the Sith. Yep, this is the last time
1: we saw it, it was when Palpatine kind of shot it off with some lightning. It's it, it's in. The Senate's chambers, yeah, freaking.
0: They though in a comic did destroy it. They like chucked all the right. lightsabers in a furnace or something. You know what I think? Mm. I think? just go the route that they did in the Force Awakens with Maz, where it's like, yeah, it's another story for another time. Oh god. Maybe <laughs> maybe she got Anakin and she got Yoda? you, mother. Oh my
2: god. Anyway, anyway are anyway, the comics canon? canon? It is. Com- not, it was.
1: Man. It was canon
2: is it now? On, it, I now, mean
1: they bro. even made it it was even canon that um, Yoda was on Dagobah and he found parts to actually make another lightsaber and he didn't he actually made a boat because he was getting he was getting hungry and he was trying to make a weapon to hunt and feed himself on the planet and he found parts to make a lightsaber but he decided to not pick up the, that weapon again And made a bow out of it instead Man But
0: So somehow Luke has Yoda's lightsaber Maybe more to come on that but
1: Somehow
0: It has returned (laughs) Thanks JJ You guys are pissing me off Stop with that crap He says Grogu can choose only one The armor And returning to the Mandalorian Forsaking the way of the Jedi Or he can choose the lightsaber And be Luke's first student And learn the ways of the force and we get, what do you choose, Grogu? And then the credits roll. Credits roll.
1: So that's what I am What I was saying is that his heart's not in it. This is, what should I do with him, w- with Ahsoka? This is a good option because now he has a piece of, he knows that connection is there with Din. Mm-hmm. He provided him a gift and provided him um, kind of an ultimatum to see where grogu's mind's at and to see if it's worth his time essentially because he he might be too old he might have formed those attachments like you were saying with with anakin and his mother and stuff like that so but i think we i mean i think i know what he's going to choose yeah i do too and it's what do you think? I'm gonna th- I think it's gonna be Din.
0: He's going with Din for sure. I think it furthers the Mandalorian storyline and uh-huh. it keeps Grogu out of harm's way for when Ben inevitably takes down Luke's school.
1: I mean, they made a cockpit for Grogu, they're not gonna put him in it.
0: Yeah. And I agree with this you. interaction really highlights Luke very, very well for me, and it really illustrates the transition we see from the Luke we knew growing up in the original trilogy to where he goes eventually in the sequels. He's very much in this mindset right now in Book of Boba Fett of The Jedi Are Correct. There's no thinking otherwise. He's part of that hubris that ultimately leads to and led to in the Clone Wars the downfall of the Jedi. And I think that it's this giving him this high and mighty thinking of the Jedi order is what will inevitably derail him and send him into that reclusion on Octo in the sequels.
1: And, and I agree. And, you know, it hates me to say this, but I, I would do the same with the story structured the way it is in the sequels. This is, this is how you're going to fix it. Um, because I think you're right. I think he's going to be, his chips are all on, all on the light right now. And when, when I I thought we were going to see Ben solo, I mean, he should be of age where he should be coming in very soon. So maybe he's the first student instead of Grogu could be. And um, so, and then we kind of all know how that plays out. And that, that's what I wanted. I wanted to see this, this, this story on this side, and what Luke goes through with, with losing his academy, with losing his Padawans, and it's, it, it's going to be heart wrenching for him for sure, and sends him down a path which leads to his demise in the later films. I think you guys are spot on.
2: I think it would be a more interesting story if um, Grogu chose the light and defected and went back to Din. But I think you're right. Like, they're just going to go with him choosing Din. I think that would be, like, a good catalyst for Luke turning to the dark side. Well, no, I mean, that doesn't really work. But, like, yeah. I just think that would be more of an interesting story. But they're going to go with him choosing
0: Din. Yeah. But to your point, the catalyst to propel Luke, that's already in play. And that's going to be Ben. And I think that that hits a little bit harder with Luke because that's his nephew.
1: Yeah, it's his family. Right, right. So, the, I guess the question is, is when, when Grogu does choose Din, Din, what is the future of Din and Grogu? And we kind of know where it's leading because Din has his paws on the throne of Mandalore. Is it very possible that Grogu can be the Mandalorian kind of like Tar Vizsla being a Mandalorian Jedi for Mandalore. And he actually take the helm instead of Din. Is that way too far of a stretch? <laughs>
2: no, because
1: I thought the same thing. Like, I feel like full Gro- well,
2: Grogu is going to outlive him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Din is going to be dead before Grogu turns into a teenager. So, like... I kind of had the same line of thought, not as deep as you did, but I'm like, well, what is the future for Grogu? Mm -hmm. And I just see like, if he chooses Din, it's going to be something in the Mandalore culture because of his wisdom, his age. Like look at what Yoda did with the Jedi order. Mm -hmm. Like this race has longevity. It has wisdom. Right. So I I think you're spot on
1: Parker. But I mean, the other flip of that coin is if he chooses the light, we know how that ends. We might not see Grogu, you know, maybe he was killed by the hands of Ben Solo. Could be. So, I mean, that's the flip side of that coin. Disney can't get rid of Grogu. No, exactly. They can't. (laughs) And that's probably why they brought him back is because they're making way too much money.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm here for it, though. That's the thing that leads me to speculate that he's choosing Din is because if you go into the mandalorian season 3 and you have din without grogu you're going to lose i mean it's probably not a huge population of their subscribers but there're probably some people that just tune in to see cute little grogu. baby yoda <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't even really know his name is grogu probably probably not
2: it's all our parents <laughs> who like want to relate to us and be like oh i'm there for grogu
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> he chooses din now with him making that choice luke has to either go to din or din coming back to luke but i kind of like the idea of luke going to din when he's in this conflict within tatooine
0: who yeah baby so you think we're going to get we're going to get luke showing up to this squabble maybe
1: sabers and pikes
0: but who <laughs> if if that were to happen
1: Who's strong enough? Like Luke's got to have someone that is kind of on his level, right? To me, if he if he maybe joins the fight, who knows? Because it doesn't sound like Luke would stop by and say, "Oh, you're having a fight." Well, I guess I'm just gonna jet. It doesn't sound like Luke. Here's your child. But he, he, here's the thing: you said it, is that he's gonna run into Boba Fett, and the last thing that Boba Fett saw. Was him about to shoot him with his gauntlet, and the mother Effer got thrown into a sarlacc pit? Mm-hmm. I
2: don't think they're gonna be joining up.
1: <laughs> he might be a little pissed about that. Could be.
2: So could we get a Luke obi standoff?
1: That would be interesting. That would be interesting, but who knows? I'm just shooting it out there for everybody to. Can the deep fakes do it? <laughs> I mean, they are
2: doing it. I mean, I haven't said this yet, but like, I wanted to comment on. It seems like they blew their whole budget on the last two episodes. I did say <laughs> like, that
1: last episode. I'm like, yeah, did you see yeah. the transition of budget for for six to like five to six? Just completely different.
2: Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah, this last episode is going to be giant. They're gonna.
1: <laughs> we need at least an hour. But, I mean, Akira was essentially Darth Maul's apprentice, and she can hold her own in the she comics. She
0: fought Darth Vader.
1: She fought Darth Vader and held her own, and Darth Vader had to use the Force to be like, holy crap, like, she knows what she's doing. Yep. So, really, but she's you, had to, the Force you, use you have to keep in mind that Darth Vader, like, with sword combat is not essentially his strong suit because he's prohibited by his cybernetics. Yeah, He was essentially built to fail and that's how palpatine wanted him is because he built him to to essentially fail he he lost to control him. well he yeah. lost most of his force powers right when he cut off his limbs like he loses some power without actually middle chlorians or however you want to say it that's how i see it flowing through like he's got less life flowing through his blood like His veins are gone, cut off. You you, you get what I'm trying to get. He essentially doesn't have very much power due to his lack of limbs. So, but in Jedi Fallen Order, doesn't he wield a lot of power there? He does, but then again, that's a video. But that's less than what he would have been. I like. I like him. Op. Yeah. Yeah, dude. If he was full, complete Anakin, going to the dark side. The dude, and that's what what Sidious saw and the potential of him. Because Sidious wants someone to take his throne. Sidious, the the way the Sith work is that they want to find someone that's more powerful than they are, and that's why these apprentices always actually go after their masters and end up killing each other because it's all about power. And if the masters fall to the apprentice, that's how it should go because the most most powerful of the two needs to be the teacher and that's how they kind of upscale in power so palpatine very
2: capitalistic
1: yes yes exactly (laughs) and that's how palpatine hasn't really found anybody yet and and maybe that's you know with the whole transfer force transfer into ray for him to live on in her essentially and taking her body as a host um made more sense uh just executed poorly So no, I don't know what I'm talking about. Is this the Book of Boba Fett? No, this is the uh, Rise (laughs) of Skywalker podcast. Yeah,
2: this is the story converging at the Book of Boba Fett because they're bringing a lot. I do
1: see connection here. This is what it's like. You said that gift, Uh, Ian. It's all connected, and it's really starting to. It's really fun to see everything connected with the animated series. Like I said before, the animated series, the games. And it's starting to mesh up, and i I did sit, start to talk on Dave Filoni a little bit, and all those other guys, but they're starting to they're starting to tie it up. the 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 laces on the shoe are a little bit loose, but hopefully it tightens up. Yeah.
2: So what you're saying is we could get rid of the uh, the bikers.
0: You're damn straight. We could.
2: <laughs> and the musical montage. If they're
0: not dead in the first ten minutes, I think Parker's going to self combust. I mean, I, I could be
1: depending on how it's, how it's written, but come on. I just want, I just want better writing is all. Anyways, I do appreciate that
2: the show is kind of calling back to that because it makes it fun to watch it again. Like I'm watching it and seeing these elements and like it is, they're hitting it on the head of the nail now. Like they're giving you what you want, Parker. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm the sequels were great. But this is where I wanted to go, so I am right. happy to see it
1: yeah. this way. Yeah. We, we need context, right? We can't these these stories that are just starting super fresh, and and ending. I, I just I know they were trying to do a whole new generation of Star Wars, but oh, just with that cold cut in that timeline, <clears throat> just wasn't a good idea. We just needed this stuff to kind of. To, to bring it forward. But I guess right. here we I guess here it comes.
2: I keep seeing articles where like all these movies that bombed in like the early two thousands, late two thousands that were kind of in the sci fi genre are like now doing well on Netflix. So I think we're going into this era where content is not going to be driven by how much you make at the box office, but how many views you can get on Netflix yeah. which benefits the people like us (laughs) you know what i mean like the people who want to dive into these characters in a way where we don't need it to be a blockbuster hit we just want to further the story right so i think we are in a golden age of star wars we are
1: 2022 is going to be insane star wars like we are in the golden age for sure (sighs) my lord and savior obi-wan but yeah um kind of in closing it's just Kind of just what I said. I don't really don't want to ramble on any too much longer. But uh I guess we, we still kind of really don't really have answers. So, I mean, Cad Bane is awesome. Like,
0: keep doing that. I was going to say my closing remarks are just Cad Bane. so cool. It's just like with him coming
1: in. And episode seven being the last one is just who else is going to show up for a cameo. But like I said, I just, I just want Boba Fett's, I just wanted a little bit more. And I hope we get season two to flush out everything else. So I kind of think they
2: wouldn't have done these two episodes if they weren't going to flesh out Boba Fett more. And I kind of feel like Mandalorian season three is definitely going to have Boba in it quite a bit. I think so. Do you think he's going to have time to walk away from this throne? I mean, I think if we go further down the rabbit hole of him taking over Mandalore, (laughs) then yeah.
1: Really quick, do you think Din's going to be done with, like, in this, in Tatooine at the end of 7? Or do you think the Mandalorian 3 is going to go on and he's still going to be in Tatooine and then move on from that point? Is that how it's going to go?
2: I think that they're going to be calling in
0: favors to each other all the time until they'd realize. I don't like that idea. I don't like
1: that idea at all.
0: I would guess the latter point that you brought up, Parker, that Mando season three is going to pick up exactly wherever or episode seven leaves off, and then progress from there with both Dan and Boba. You don't
1: feel like there's anything with Boba that that you need answers or do you think it's yeah it wasn't very well done no. because I mean what about all that shit with his flashbacks with his dad like where's where did that go
0: yeah nowhere as of yet but that's why I think everything being interconnected we're not going to get those answers probably for a while maybe Bane will bring some stuff up
2: I think that's a Boba Fett season two question mm-hmm. but Mando will bring in Boba Fett to kind of keep us you know with the character while we wait for both of that season two that's what i'm kind of envisioning
0: Dump my feet
2: <laughs> well I mean,
0: we're getting mando here yeah i just hope that at the end of episode seven's credits we get the mandalorian chapter or book three season three maybe we'll date. get the release of what we want it's made for it's gonna. Be, it's got to be May 4th. Dude. It's got to be May 4th for sure. They're releasing a Kenobi Marvel series, like a five issue in May. And, Comic? Yeah. And there's no way that they're not timing that up to go with the show. It's got to be coming in May. It's going to be May. Oh, I can't wait. But yeah, what an episode. Cannot wait to see what we get in chapter seven. Lots to tie up, but lots to see. Cabins, turquoise. <laughs>
2: I will say that this was a ten out of ten for me. I did enjoy this episode. Same, like it was a lot of nostalgia, and like for a minute I thought eh, it's a little much, but then as it kept coming, I was like, okay, I'm good with it. Like. It's exactly what I wanted out of this
1: whole show. Yeah. I just want to see someone else that's blue. Someone else that's blue. Someone else that's blue. Thrawn?
0: I'm not there yet. It's coming to us in a soap. Is that you're talking G- about? You better soak up that right
2: now. Uh, That's what I'm going to do right after this.
0: Well, I think that about covers it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Till Till next time.
1: Bye. We'll see what happens.
0: Bye. Bye.